I'll be reading from John 11, verse 45 to John 12, verse 11. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he did, believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered the council and said, What are we to do? For this man performs many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him, and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you understand that it is better for you that one man should die for the people, not that the whole nation should perish. He did not say this of his own accord, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation, and not for the nation only, but also to gather into one the children of God who were scattered abroad. So from that day on, they made plans to put him to death. Jesus therefore no longer walked openly among the Jews, but went from there to the region near the wilderness to a town called Ephraim, and there he stayed with the disciples. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and many went up from the country to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. They were looking for Jesus and saying to one another as they stood in the temple, What do you think, that he will not come to the feast at all? Now the chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that if anyone knew where he was, he should let them know, so that they might arrest him. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment from made, made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, who was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief, and having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone, so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. When the large crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well, because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church. What a privilege we have this morning to be here together and to hear God's word speaking to all of us. Amen. Let's start with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, today we come together with sincere hearts seeking your guidance. Please give us wisdom and faith to understand and to believe your teachings. May this time with you bring us closer to Jesus Christ. We pray in his name. Amen. As Shakespeare once said, all the world 
is a stage. And all the men and women are merely players. In the grand theater of life, we encounter Jesus Christ and respond to him in different ways. Today we will learn, we will journey through this passage in the Gospel of John, exploring the various responses to Jesus. These responses follow the incredible resurrection of Lazarus and Jesus' claim to be the resurrection and the life, as we saw last Sunday in chapter 11, verses 1 to 44. But today, let's explore these diverse reactions, these diverse responses, ranging from rejection and opposition to worship and surrender and even betrayal. So let's come to this passage and let's discover the lessons it holds for all of us, no matter the age. This is a message for 100 years old to the one year old. So let's put our hearts together and let's let's. Let's God speak to our hearts this morning. The first reaction we find in our passage this morning is rejection and opposition. The first response we find in this passage is rejection and opposition. It is not surprising that many people started to believe in Jesus after witnessing Lazarus' amazing resurrection from the dead. But it's shocking as well to see that some people still rejected Jesus saying now clearly, intentionally, and openly wanted him dead. The Pharisees and the council found themselves in a very, very difficult situation because they were worried about losing their powerful position if everyone believed in Jesus. They were worried of losing the control and the power that they had. So their concern was more Political. Their concern was more their power and position than the true spiritual health of the, of the people that they had there. One memorable part of their conversation was when Caiaphas, the high priest that year, said in verse 49, the last part of verse 49 and verse 50, you know nothing at all. Imagine someone standing here and saying, you know nothing at all. It's like, and listen, right? That was Caiaphas saying, you know nothing at all, nor do you understand that it is better for you that one man should die for the people. Not that the whole nation should perish. What Caiaphas didn't realize was that his 
words unintentionally became a prophecy about Jesus' sacrificial death for all the people, not just for the nation of Israel, but all the people around the world. So even when he was not aware, Caiaphas was part of God's bigger plan to save us through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. And because the religious leader had decided to kill him, Jesus went into hiding and no longer walked around openly. He went to a secluded place called Ephraim in the rough country, away from the spotlights, away from the from their religious leaders. But it says in the text that Passover was approaching. Passover was approaching and people wondered if Jesus would show up at the big feast. And let me make a little bracket, a little pause here to explain you that one week later, Jesus was going to be dying on the cross. The people were looking for Jesus. One week later, they would find him hanging on the cross. So here we see the tension was rising. John's gospel was nearing its tragic and glorious climax. The chief priests were on the lookout for Jesus, trying to find out where he was so they could kill him. And it is truly remarkable, and it is as well ironic, that despite Jesus claiming to be the resurrection and the source of life, there were people looking to kill him. But you know what? Jesus was willing, according to God's plan, to went on to the cross to sacrifice his own life. Despite the rejection, Jesus offered his life because of love for you and for me. So the first response is rejection. But now let's shift our attention to a different response that contrasts with the rejection we have seen in the first part. The second response was worship and surrender. Worship and surrender. This second response beginning John chapter 12. And it begins with Martha serving indicating that they were most likely, likely in her house. So imagine Martha. What a great privilege she had to serve the Lord Jesus Christ in her own house after seeing his brother alive. 
And it says in the passage that Lazarus was one of the ones who was reclining beside Jesus. Jesus was in a home where people gathered for a meal around him. This was a special moment before, almost one week before his imminent death. And what is Jesus doing? Eating with people. Sharing time with people. And during this special dinner with Jesus, Mary, Martha's sister, did something remarkable. She honored Jesus by giving him a pound of pure nard, an expensive perfume made from a plant in India, was imported. The fragrance filled the room, capturing everyone's attention. John, who saw it happen, John, who saw it happen, wanted us to appreciate what Mary did in giving it all that she had to Jesus. Have you ever given your all to something or someone? Mary did just that when she poured out her most valuable possession to Jesus. It was a priceless heirloom, but Mary held nothing back. She gave it all. Her love and adoration for Jesus were so strong that she didn't care about who saw her or what others thought about her. She even used her hair to wipe Jesus' feet. And, and this was an act usually done by servants. She was almost saying to Jesus, I am your slave. I am at your feet. Do with me whatever you want. It was an extraordinary scene that, make, that may make us feel a little bit uncomfortable even when we read it, right? Because it is something that we don't see very often these days, right? But it shows the profound love, the profound reverence, the profound surrender of Mary to Jesus. How often do we give our best to Jesus? Do we hold back only giving what we can afford to lose? Mary's example challenges us to be more devoted, more selfless, more generous in our love for Jesus. So take a moment to think about Mary's example. What is your most 
treasured possession. What would it mean for you to give all to Jesus? What is the thing that you cannot give now because it is more valuable than Jesus? What is the thing that makes you feel uneasy or fearful of losing? That is what Jesus is worth and much, much more. Much, much more. But not all the responses are marked by worship and surrender. The passage also presents us with a sad contrast. The third response we find in this passage is betrayal. Judas' betrayal. As we took a closer look at Mary's action, now let us let us see how Judas, one of Jesus' disciples, reacted. And do you want to know how Judas reacted? Judas believed that Mary's action, Mary's actions were wasteful. He thought that the expensive perfume could have been sold and the money given to the poor, even though he wasn't truly concerned about the poor. And that's what we read in chapter 12, verse 6. John is like making a Bible commentary of what, of what is happening in that passage. And John tells us, he said this, Judas said this, not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief and having charge of the money bag he used to help himself to what was put into it. That was the real intention. So Jesus, on the other hand, had a different perspective. He recognized that poverty would always be present. But his time on earth was coming to an end. Mary's use of the perfume was a fitting expression of her love and her devotion, especially considering that Jesus, Jesus would soon be crucified. And that's what Jesus said to everyone in that room. If we read together verse 7, chapter 12, it says in John, chapter 12, verse 7 says, Leave her alone. This, Jesus said, not just to Judas. But to everyone, leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. It seems like Mary, at that time in that dinner, 
she knew what was going to happen to Jesus one week later. And so Jesus told everybody, leave her alone so that, they, so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. My dear friends, the story of Judas is a warning about how spiritual wandering can gradually take over and become so ingrained that it traps the heart without no way out. Even though Judas professed to believe and was one of Jesus' 12 disciples, he left his love for money consume him. His lack of understanding of who Jesus was and his unchecked greed led him down a path of betrayal. But this story is not just about Judas. It reminds us that we can be part of a church or even hold positions of authority and still lack true faith. So the invitation this morning is to protect our hearts from the love of money. For these can lead us astray from our faith. So you see, in this passage, there is a stark difference between Judas and Mary in their devotion to Jesus. While Mary is selfless and solely focused on Jesus, Judas is selfish and concerned only with satisfying his own desires. And Jesus gently rebuked Judas for his greed. But this only fuels Judas' growing resentment. It sets off a chain of events, ultimately leading to Judas' betrayal. Judas sees an opportunity to make money by selling a valuable item, the costly perfume. But when it slips away from his grasp, he can't let it go. So bitterness took root and grew like a weed. You know, kids, like dandelions. If you cut one, it multiplies. And that happened, and that happened with Judas. Soon, very soon, he is willing to sell the most valuable treasure anyone can have. Jesus. And a few days later, he betrayed Jesus for 30 silver coins. About five months' wages. Way less than even the costly perfume that Mary used to Jesus. This is a warning to me. 
This is a warning to all of us. This is a warning about the danger of letting material possessions consume our hearts and our minds and as well of the danger of letting resentment when we do not get what we want because both things are going to consume our hearts. The desire of money or the resentment of lack of money can consume our hearts. All the world is a stage. And all the men and women are merely players. In the grand theater of life, what part are we playing? What is our response to Jesus? And what is our reaction to the abundant life he is offering us this morning? From the rejection and opposition we saw in the Pharisees and the council, we learn the importance of examining our motives. Are we driven by fear or self-interest? Let's humble our hearts and let's listen to the truth of who Jesus is and let's embrace him instead of reject him. From the worship and surrender displayed by Mary, we are challenged to give our best to Jesus. Are we holding back, only offering what's comfortable or convenient? The invitation is to follow, to follow Mary's example of extravagant love, extravagant worship and wholehearted surrendering our hearts, putting out our most treasured possessions and even ourselves to Jesus, knowing that He is worthy of it all. And from the account of Judas' betrayal, we are reminded to guard our hearts against the love of money or the resentment and bitterness of not having it. Our material possessions or worldly desires taking precedence over our relationship with Jesus, that is a good thermometer. Let's cultivate Let's cultivate integrity and faithfulness, choosing the eternal treasures of Christ over temporary allurements.
as we live today, may we carry these lessons with us and let them shape our lives on the grand stage of life. May our response to Jesus be marked by faith, worship, and wholehearted surrender. Knowing that he is the treasure, the best treasure that we can find in this life and the next one as well. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the lessons we have learned and the truth we have discovered today in your word. We are grateful for the privilege of encountering your son, Jesus Christ, as the best treasure in this grand theater of life. As we leave this place, may these lessons shape our actions and our attitudes. May our responses to Jesus be marked by faith, worship, and wholehearted adoration. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.